My friends, in this video and episode of the Jerry Banfield Show podcast, as well as which is being recorded live on Twitch, viewers have requested some of my drunken stories. So while I'm eight and a half years sober now, I'm going to tell you three of the drunken stories I have in mind that I think you'll enjoy. So one of them will we will wind up in the strip club, and. Uh, on, uh, let's see what the other ones turn out to be. I've got a few candidates. So the first one is, we'll call this story, we'll call this story uh, the, uh, I don't want to mention anybody's name. I guess the name, name's pretty generic. So we're going to call this story Mike's birthday party. So Mike was having a birthday party, and this was in 2009. Mike was having a birthday party, a big milestone birthday party. And uh, I went out to dinner with everybody involved with Mike's birthday party. Now, on this particular evening, I did not plan on ending up the strip club, but I was very interested to see exactly what would happen on Mike's birthday party. So I went out and started drinking and this was back when I was a police officer, so I was drinking with lots of the other police officers. And after the initial early game drinking at maybe 7, 8, 9 at night, I somehow ended up at another bar downtown, and there was an attractive female officer that worked in another department there, and there was a guy she really liked, and she was trying to make him jealous. So she was buying me drinks to make him jealous, and I thought it was fantastic. I'm like, I've totally made it now. This fellow hot officer's buying me drinks to make this guy jealous. Unfortunately, even after she bought me a few drinks, she ended up having some drama and having it out with him in the bar. So I got bored with that, and a couple of the friends I had are like, strip club? I'm like, hell yes, let's go. So we go up to the strip club in old Columbia, South Carolina. Strip club I'd been to a few times before with these same friends who were also co-workers. So one of the times I had previously been with these co-workers to the strip club, I had dropped $1,000 there to go into the champagne room and did not even get to have a climax. $1,000 and no real action. It was a big disappointment, to say the least. And uh, I drunk drove across town back from that as well. Thankfully, didn't hit anything. And uh, this is why I'm sober today. Because when Jerry drinks, Jerry drives drunk all over the place and occasionally hits things. And on this particular night, drunk drove across town to go to the strip club. And... Uh, we rolled up in the strip club, and uh, this very attractive stripper immediately found me and started giving me a lap dance, immediately convinced me to go back into the lap dance room. I'm like, okay, sure, it's just a lap dance, no big deal. She starts telling me that she's horny. And I'm like, yeah, okay, and I'm like, okay, I know where you're going with this. You're going to sell me on the champagne room, and then we're going to get in there. And we're not going to do anything, and I'm going to be out a thousand bucks. And you're going to be able to go buy some shoes and pay some of your rent and get some drugs. It's not a great deal for me, is it? 
She's like, no, no, I'm serious. I really am horny. And if you take me back there, I'll change into a less restrictive thong that we can just pull aside. And I'm like, dang, all right, she's not playing. This stripper is not playing. She's really ready for action tonight. This is fantastic. So I went back to the champagne room with her and she was not kidding. We got back there and she got straight to business. And uh, by business, I mean oral. So she's, she's going to town. And uh, all of a sudden, after a few minutes of being in the champagne room, a waitress walks in and like, I don't know if the little curtain or something opens the curtain, starts to ask us if we need anything. And her mouth drops open like some bad movie scene. She's like. And she goes walking out. Thankfully, after being caught by my father doing it myself a few times and by my roommate in college when I had some porn on and he was supposed to be in class and he comes busting in the door. I had a lot of experience putting my penis back into my pants very quickly. So this girl walks out. I'm like, hmm, I think I have about two seconds to act like nothing was happening. And three seconds later, big, like, you know, Russian mafia bouncer dude walks in. He looks around and he's not surprised. He's not laughing. He's like, He's just looking around to make sure that the girl's not being taken advantage of. I guess from his point of view, he wants to make sure that she's doing this consensually. And she has no complaints and nothing to say when he walks in, which was very strange. It was just strange. Like this big guy who could have like broke me in half just by looking at me. And I'm like, I should have been scared, but I'm not because I was drunk. I'm just, I sit there acting like I've done nothing wrong. So he walks in looks at me, looks at her, walks out, doesn't even say anything. I'm like, what the heck? Like, this is so, so weird. Like, you, he just walks in, makes sure, you know, everything's consensual, that the girl's not complaining or anything. He walks out, and this stripper was serious. She went right back to work, pulled the thong aside, and wow, it was really good. Like, it was, I would just say, the wife experience. She gave me, give me everything tonight. I don't want to be too graphic so I can still have ads on on YouTube. I think I've been, you can read between the lines, though. Not responsible. Not a responsible way to live. But at the time, I was thinking, I can afford to make stupid decisions because I'm probably going to die soon anyway. At the time, I was struggling with a lot of self-harm thoughts after I'd had a very unattractive and overweight stripper come over. And after I'd went through with that one night, I'd wanted to end everything. So then I get this stripper's phone number after we've done everything. And I start, see, this is why drinking is bad. Like... <laughs> I would start telling her that I want to see her again, maybe date her, but I don't want it to be about money. So awkward and lame. And we exchange phone numbers. I go home and go to sleep feeling like Mike's birthday party was a big freaking success. Mike's birthday party went really well. I didn't hit anything drunk driving. Got to bang a stripper in the strip club that was really hot. Got her phone number. 
I wake up the next day and I find out that this wild stripper had texted me at like eight in the morning after she got off of work. And she wanted to hang out after she got off of work, but it turns out I had passed out. So I tried desperately to get her to come over again as soon as possible. I woke up feeling so sad. I'm like, oh my God, there was even more? She was going to come over after work? Oh my God. I felt so sad for missing out on that and so lame for going to bed at like six or seven in the morning before she was actually finished with the evening. And I tried for two weeks to get her to come over. I finally relented and got hella lame and started saying I'd give her some gas money or some crap if she came over. She finally came over two weeks later. And she sat down on my couch. Now, I'd had a girl over previously that had told me about a traumatic experience. And it was a really moment of bonding. And we'd cried together. And then we'd had sex afterwards, and it was really hot. So, I guess I was drunk again on this evening. I was trying to recreate that. So, I made the mistake I didn't have. So, the, the girl that had come over before, I was the dispatcher that I had told that story about, which is detailed in my book, Officer Banfield. So, I had a, we knew each other pretty well before she had come over and told me this very intimate story. Now, the stripper, I did not know her hardly at all. I had met her, banged her in a strip club, spent maybe an hour with her, and texted her a little bit trying to get her to come over. So this is a girl I barely knew, despite us having sex, which is not... I would suggest you don't do things this way. This is what not to do, and this is why I don't drink anymore. And I'm glad I survived this without getting any STDs or unexpected pregnancies that I know of. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if I had a kid come along at some point. I would hope that wouldn't happen, but it's possible. So I asked this stripper who's come over, and I'm drunk at like 2 in the morning, that I've been desperate to get her over, I make the mistake of asking her, I said something like this. So, <laughs> I'm, most strippers have been like raped or molested or something. Have you? <laughs> I, mean, just, I just made like the most piss poor, like directly not like beating around the bush or anything, like straight in. Like, no warm-up or anything, just BAM. Some comment about like that, that since she's a stripper, she's probably been, like, raped or molested. And she gave me a short, honest answer. She's like, yes, when I was 16, I was raped. And instead of telling me all about it, she immediately took her purse and left. And I'm like, what did I do? I thought we were connecting! thought we were bonding. We're getting to know each other. Don't leave now. Come on. I thought you were going to tell me about it. And we could cry together. I guess she didn't, she wasn't interested in that experience. And I've never seen her again since then. So the next night I'm drunk. The next night I'm drunk. And I make really bad decisions. 
So I call this girl up I'd hooked up with before. Because I make bad decisions when I drink. And I've also learned since I've been sober that when I'm sober and I'm thinking about drinking and I decide to drink anyway, that on some level I must want to make bad decisions even while I'm sober and I want an excuse to make bad decisions. And I want something to blame it on. I want the bad decisions. I want the chaos and I want the drama and I want to also be able to give up liability for it and say, hey, I was drinking. That's why I did that. But really at this time in my life, my sober mindset was pretty insane. And that's why I drank even when I knew what bad decisions I was going to make when I drank. So next night, I think this counts as at least drunk story number two. Next night, I'm drinking and playing Call of Duty World at War. I'm getting just shit on just shit on playing hardcore war just getting wrecked and uh, I start texting this girl that I didn't want a relationship with before and we had had sex but I stopped seeing her and just gave up having sex with her because I felt I was wasting both of our time I didn't really like her that much she wasn't that interesting she was attractive but we, we didn't seem to click. Our personalities didn't seem to like really excite each other that much. So I stopped talking to her for quite a while. So on this particular drunk evening, the night after, I had this stripper over and she left because I asked if she'd been raped or not. Without taking the time to really get to know her first. Then I text this girl a bunch and I'm asking her to come over at like 7 in the morning and trying to get her to come over. And we both know if she comes over, it's going to be sex. And she's resistant. She's at work. She hasn't seen me in a while. We didn't exactly leave on good terms before. So I tell her that I will marry her and give her a baby if she comes over. <laughs> Shit is so stupid. It's hard to even believe. I tell her that I will marry her and give her a baby if she comes over. I mean, she had to know I was lying. <laughs> I believed myself at the time. This story we will call the Good Morning Sunshine story. So she comes over at 7 in the morning after I've been drinking and playing Call of Duty all night. All night. And first thing I notice, she had lost a bunch of weight before I had originally hooked up with her. First thing I noticed when she walks in that she's put all that weight back on and more. She put on at least 30, maybe 40 pounds as I've seen her. I'm like, oh my God. Ah. And I tried, I tried to get out of, I'm like, well, I'm still going to have sex, but maybe we can just slide out of this with just some oral and then kick her out. And she she could like read my mind. And she she called my bluff on the baby. So we did everything you need to do to do that. And Friday Friday at like 5 p.m. comes around. I'm waking up to go into work as a police officer. So we do it. We do all of it. She leaves. I go to bed. 
sleep it off, wake up the next day. I'm like, oh my God, what did I do last night? This, that was stupider than usual. So I get to work and I'm sitting down at roll call. The sergeant's just about to give us our briefing before we get started. And I, I get a little vibration on my phone. I look at my phone, there's a text from her that says, good morning, sunshine. I'm like, me. And all night I'm like, at work, I'm like, I've got to clean this up immediately. I cannot have this girl getting pregnant. So after a 12 hour shift where just 12, just 12 hours before this, I told this girl I would marry her and have a baby with her. 12 hours later at the end of my shift with a lovely hangover, I convinced this girl to meet me at CVS so I can buy her the plan B pill and I can watch her take it to make sure she's not screwing around. She said, so I remember there was a really hot like doctor or pharmacist too and I was so embarrassed walking up to the pharmacist 8 a.m. Saturday morning with this girl I was not proud to be out in public with buying a plan B pill. I'm like, it's just what it looks like right now. <laughs> Does my wife enjoy the story? My wife realizes this is not a story for my wife, but my wife realizes that I struggled a lot when it came to making bad decisions before she came along. So, <laughs> Smoke a Bowl says this is his wife. <laughs> Cold blooded. So I, we buy the Plan B pill. I pay for it. Take this. This girl goes to the parking lot. She's like, I'll just take it home. I'm like, no, you will not take this at home. I want to see you take that pill right now. Not having any babies with you. And she said that all the officers at my department were just the same. Because she had met me through work. And I'm like, what do you mean all the officers at my department? And she starts telling me about all these other officers she's banged through at my department. One of them was married with a kid at the time. Another of them was married with four kids at the time. And she's bang, I was single. And she's banging through all these married officers at the police department I worked at. I'm like... Wow, this is why I made you swallow that pill. I was not very nice about it. I was what you'd call kind of, I was assertive. I was not like aggressive. I'm going to beat you if you don't take the pill. But I was, I was pushy and assertive mentally. So you can be very mentally aggressive with somebody without like threatening violence or anything. And that was my mode of operation. I'm, you know, I'm going to use logic and reason to push my will on you. So this girl then ended up harassing me at work. Understandably, she wouldn't leave me alone. She kept sending me all these text messages and I finally threatened her that I'm going to report you for harassment and make you lose your job if you don't stop this crap. And uh, I told her, like, who do you think they're going to believe, you or me? <laughs> and funnily enough, I got to be on the receiving end of that from the dispatcher not long afterwards. So talk about some quick karma. I know.
<laughs> Soul Psych says, what's it like being married to such a prolific life coach? <laughs> so those were a few drunk stories. Are there any other drunk stories that I should tell you that you would really appreciate? That's 20 minutes of drunk stories. Are there any other good drunk stories I have that would that would go in line with that one? All right, sure. So these all are a lot the same. I'll tell you about the first time I paid a girl to come over and how I got into that world. So last drunk story number three, this is Jerry's 21st birthday. So on Jared, the day before my 21st birthday, I got hammered and played a bunch of poker and I had a miserable hangover on my birthday. So my friends, I'm I'm so hungover, I can't even hardly stand alcohol. So my friends take me out to a really nice dinner in Columbia at Diane on Divines. Really nice fancy dinner. And I enjoy ordering a couple of liquor drinks, even though I can barely stomach them. And then I'm thinking that I'm often when I had a hangover, I would get really horny on the day I had a hangover. I don't know why it worked that way, but, you know, often we'd have the whiskey D on the drinking nights and then there'd be this massive horniness on the hangover. So... On the, the damn hungover, I've just struck out for an entire year in college. I relentlessly asked girls for phone numbers, tried to pick girls up. I spent an entire year striking out relentlessly junior year of college. After an entire year striking out, just failing over and over and over, I, I consistently tried to get dates. I went on some dates and... It, after a year of striking out on my 21st birthday, I'm like, man, I really just want to have sex. So I went in the phone book and called an escort for the first time because one of my friends told me about that. And this beautiful escort comes over. Gorgeous girl. Like, really would have been happy to date a girl that looked like her. And she said she was dating a sheriff's deputy at the time and making him work for it. <laughs> And I'm thinking this guy's probably banging all kinds of random chicks on the side while he's dating you too. <laughs> so this girl comes over and checks my driver's license, which made no sense to me at the time. But somebody on my live stream pointed out that she was making sure I wasn't under 18 because I guess a little prostitution's not a big deal, but you don't want to get caught trying to bang a minor, which now makes sense. But at the time, I'm like, why is she checking my driver's license? And she still, I guess I looked so young, she was concerned I was under 18. And since then, no other stripper ever checked my driver's license, which is sad. I guess they figured I definitely wasn't a minor based on how old I looked. So this, this girl, she was fantastic. We, we had a great time. And my friends both hid in their rooms. We pretended like I was in the apartment by myself. But my friends were both hiding in my roommate's room that was right next to mine. And I made sure to be like extra loud and over the top to entertain them. And it took forever too. Like it took a full hour. It was crazy. I, I acted like I was creating a porno or something. It, my performance was pretty impressive.
And it was actually difficult to finally get to the end of things. And uh, that, that was one of my longer performances ever. <laughs> and uh, this girl, she said that she was out drinking at a party, got a phone call, and then came straight over to hang out with me. And was telling me about her boyfriend, the sheriff deputy also, which was so funny. So this story's not over yet. So things finally get finished. She leaves. My friends and I are just cracking up so bad because I was like dropping Pulp Fiction lines, you know, and yelling really loud. <laughs> my friends, we were laughing so hard. They were like, oh my God, dude, I can't believe you were so loud. And my other friend was like, I can't believe it took so long. Yeah, you were in there forever. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know, we were having so much fun. So one day, senior year, about five months later, I'm walking out of class. I'm walking out of my psychology 101 or some basic class like that. And all of a sudden, this girl and I practically run into each other. And I make eye contact with her. And I immediately get the hugest smile on my face. Like, oh my God, I've seen you naked and banged you. And uh, yeah, she didn't look too happy to see me. And she just walked off. And I was sad after that. But I thought it was really cool. I'm like, wow, we both go to the same university together. This is crazy. So this is why I'm eight and a half years sober today. I what the drunken stories I presented to me are what not to do. You know, having sex with somebody you barely know is is not cool. It's not smart. It's dangerous. And uh, the better way to do things is be open and honest and have conversations and connect with people and really get to know people and be open and honest and vulnerable and that's uh, it's so much of a better way to live. And I acted the way I did when I was drinking because I didn't have any better ideas. So I hope every day in sharing my stories that I can give some better ideas. And uh, I also hope in sharing my stories, being open and honest and vulnerable, I'd rather not tell these stories in public. I'd rather not have anybody who might be involved in them in one way or another, you know, I'd rather I'd rather keep these to myself. But the way we get a better world is to be open, to be honest, to be transparent, and to talk about talk about the things we do, and also to not allow something like drinking to be an excuse. I made piss poor decisions sober to drink again, even when I'd seen the destruction drinking caused in my life. So, what I hope you can see too is I've got no regrets about these stories. And uh, I, I'm not proud of how I treated women in the past and was so selfish and self-centered. And at the same time, many of the women I ran into were selfish and self-centered also. Those strippers didn't care about me. They're just trying to get paid and get, get, make themselves some money. And uh, today, I hope that my behavior and the way I treat people it acts as an example of what to do. And I'm glad I survived those crazy drinking days because... Lots of people end up dying or, you know, going to prison, having health conditions and, and not being able to live a nice life after making a bunch of bad decisions. So 
you can see I am able to tell these stories with love and joy and with no regrets. At the same time, we're not doing any more of that crap going forward. And today, I live a pretty boring life, most of you would think. Staying at home, taking care of my kids, doing yoga. For better or worse, I don't hardly have any interesting stories that have happened for quite a while. Because I'm considerate. I take care of myself. So, yeah. Way to end on a down note, but... <laughs> Smoke a Bull says, you ever get drunk on duty as a cop? No. But I did show up to work still drunk from the night before, at least once. And I called out from work from being drunk several times also. So yes, one, one day I did show up still drunk, and then it turned into a hangover in the middle of the day. So I appreciate you uh, listening to these stories live on Twitch. I think we'll play some games now. If you're on YouTube or on the podcast, thank you very much for watching and listening there. Appreciate your love and support, and I'll see you on the next episode.